Welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church for the pastors get together. I'm Pastor Steve, and I'm here with... Pastor Megan. Pastor Brandon. Oh, yes, we are. And if you are a regular listener, you are in for a treat because we are starting a brand new end of summer, beginning of fall worship series called Spiritual Practices. What's it called, Pastor Megan? <laughs> Grow in faith. Grow in it, faith. We're, we're hearkening back to our, yes, our, our mission statement, which is to yes. grow in faith. And so one of the ways and that we grow in faith, like anybody who wants to grow in anything, you got to practice. Amen. And so we, the, there are lots of different spiritual practices. There's hundreds of spiritual practices, but in the ELCA likes to talk about seven core practices. And so uh, we're going to do a seven-week series on the seven core practices, uh, beginning with reading scripture, and then we're going to talk about worship and uh, prayer and giving and serving and vital relationships and sharing my faith. Those are the seven core practices. Uh, but this week is a special week for me because for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, the topic is reading scripture as a spiritual practice. And why do we do that? And our text is going to be from Psalm 119. Pastor Megan will read in just a second. But the other thing is that this is actually my last sermon at Easter Lutheran Church, which is sad and interesting that I get to preach on one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. which is the importance of Scripture as a spiritual practice. It's almost like there was some measure of a plan at work. What? Pastor <laughs> Megan. So what happens is because normally when you talk about the spiritual practices, reading Scripture is not number one. Like people usually start with either worship or prayer and, you know, but Pastor Megan bumped it up just for me. I was mixing oh, it up. Oh, that's so nice. nice. I'm here for you because for at I least am a little bit longer. I am super excited about this. So, with with that as a brief introduction, Pastor Megan, would you just tell us what Psalm 119 is all about, and then read the particular text? Sure. So, um, I love psalms. Um, It has been pointed out in the past that I am indeed an English major. And so one of the things that I really love about the psalms are the way that they use poetic devices. So there's often this repetition uh, of lines. So if you if you feel like you're hearing from a psalm something that you literally just heard, uh, it's not a mistake. It's an intentional choice. They're reinforcing a point or a theme by repeating it, letting you hear it two different ways. It's a, it's a poetic structure. Um, the psalms are poems in general. Some of the poems were uh, potentially used for worship, so as like like hymns effectively. Uh, some of them were more like personal reflections, like a devotional poem. Um, they're these collected prayers, basically, of the of the people. So some psalms have a more uh, penitent theme to them, you know, more of a, oh, God, help me, or God, I'm so sorry. Some of them have a more celebratory theme. God, you're so great. Woohoo, look at what we've done together. Some of them are very much I-focused. You know, this is about me as an individual. Some of them are very we focused. This is who we are as a community. Um, and the psalms are categorized as wisdom literature, which is to say that they, along with some other books of the Bible, like for instance, Proverbs, uh, even Job, uh, have a lot more to do about how do we learn from God? How do we learn about being people of God? What does that 
look like. And so this psalm in particular has a lot to say about uh, what does it mean to follow God as an individual. If you've got a a version of a Bible that has those little headings uh, at the top of a chapter. Mine says, for instance, the glories of God's law. So how do we rejoice huh. in the guidelines that, that God has given us, which uh, would be to say, how do we rejoice in what it means to be centered in God's word? And so in that, Psalm 119, starting with verse 9. How can young people keep their way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I treasure your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the ordinances of your mouth. I delight in the ways of your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Mm, thank you, Pastor Megan. Yeah. All right. Stuff. Pastor Brandon, you get first crack at that. What jumps out at you in this yes. text? Well, verse 10, do not let me stray from your commandments. And I have a question. Are we talking about the Ten Commandments or all like 613 uh, you of want, the rules? You want to know a funny story? Both. Uh, the, the Bible does not number commandments. We do. Yeah. So How many are there? It, they're, they, they're there. Well, it's just easier for me to wrap my head around ten. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, the, the first portion of this passage, one through eight, talks about Happy are those. And I, and I just can't help but think for myself, you know, when we study God's word, we reflect on God's word, but also there's an action that goes with that. That, you know, we, we read scripture and then we kind of changes our lives, mm. I would hope. But then we also have this, it's hard to in, enjoy life when you're living outside of maybe those commandments. For example, I would have a hard time enjoying life if people around me were getting murdered. Yeah. Like, that would just be like, gosh, really hard. Or if, like, people kept stealing my TV or couch. <laughs> I, I do like both those things, too. Not your TV and couch, right. but, it, but mine. You can't yeah, have that's them. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for setting those Get out meaningful of my house. boundaries that give give purpose and yeah. joy to our lives. That's, Interesting. That's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Is how I think a lot, you know my first instinct when you said the glories of God's law was oh boy, I really don't like rules, but then I've learned actually they're pretty helpful to have these boundaries or these guidelines because they're actually put in place to to help us and to help us love our neighbors and to help our neighbors. Right. So I'm thinking, boy, maybe it's important to learn more about these things. Right. And, and to experience life as life-giving mm. instead of life-taking. Yeah. That One was the first thing that jumped out was that word commandments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of my seminary professors pointed out that the commandments came to God's people after they had been enslaved and liberated. So they went from a place where they were told the, the very narrow version of what it meant to, to be a human. And all of a sudden, they were out in the world, and mm -hmm. they went, aw, man, what do we do now? Yeah. Like, 
What, how does this even work? And, and we as, I don't know, uh, uh, modern humans, as, as Americans, I'm not sure, really chafe at this idea of being told how to live. You know, you can't tell me what to do, right? Mm -hmm. but, but it is actually, there is joy in having guardrails. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to worry if you are about to walk off the cliff because God has given you boundaries. God has given you parameters mm -hmm. and said, in this space, there mm -hmm. is freedom there is joy. There is capacity for love. You don't have to worry. Have I gone too far? Have I messed it up? No, I will tell you where this boundary is. I will show mm -hmm. it to you and encourage you to live joyfully and abundantly within it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know that scripture is more than this, but it's also it's helpful for me to know this is how you live as God's people. Right. And this, this is, you know, I, I would think after being slaves in Egypt, you have it's pretty... Your schedule's kind of decided for you. So then you're like, hey, let loose in the wilderness. How do we live as God's people instead of Pharaoh's people? Right. Uh, how do we live as good neighbors to each other when there aren't people around us keeping an eye on us all the time? So I think well, it's really helpful for me uh, when I read scripture. I know it's scripture is so much more than just like a moral code, but is how do we live as God's people? Mm -hmm. And there's so many wonderful stories of communities trying to figure that out. Yeah. 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 What about you, Pastor Megan? You've already uh, been reflecting, but yeah. you were reflecting on Pastor Brandon's thoughts. I was reflecting so on his reflection. What, what do you get out of this text? <laughs> I, am, I am struck by how often words like, you know, delight and mm. treasure are, are used in regards to the way we consider God's words. I think so many of us are, are, are likely to look at the Bible sitting on our table and feel guilt and obligation and confusion and fear, mm, right? It's this yeah. like, mm, I don't want to read that because I think I'll get it wrong and I don't know what's going on. And every time I open it up, I find that passage that lists like seven geographical regions that I have no idea what they are because they don't go by those names or anymore. Or how to and, pronounce. Or how to pronounce them. Yeah. And I just feel silly. And so I'd rather mm. just leave it closed and have someone else tell me what it means. Um, and pretend either that I know what's going on um, or that I agree with them, right? It's it, We have a lot of shame, I think, around mm. reading scripture. And it is so liberating to me to hear this psalm talk about reading scripture as something in which there is joy, mm -hmm. something in which there was life, something like you said, Pastor Brandon, that, that helps me understand what it means to, to live as, as one of God's people in the world, right? There's, I delight in the way of your decrees as much as in all riches. I, I love hearing God's desires for me in the world just as much as I would love to have a pile of money, which feels like, whew. Right? Uh, uh, can can we all agree with that? If you've bought a lottery ticket, maybe I don't know. Um, but we don't often think about reading scripture as mm. as a, as a joyful invitation. Mm -hmm. And maybe this helps us kind of loosen up and and think of it in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you both for for that's good stuff. Uh, uh here's where I, here's where I want to go with it. Is there's just one word in verse fifteen? Meditate. Mm. Um, so mm. here's a newsflash. I love my wife. <gasps> I have known you for a few years now. <laughs> this is a first. We know Pastor Steve. My Shocking. goodness. And so, He's a and, good woman. And, and we've been uh, married for over 33 years. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank I know, you. right? And uh, I'm, still, I'm still learning things about her and still mm. discovering because 
she is not the same person that I married and I'm not the same person that she married because we're continually changing and growing. And my point here is that relationships uh, require a lot of intentionality Mm. in order for them to continue to grow and be good. And that this spiritual practice is about a relationship Ah. with God. And so the question is, why do we read Scripture as a spiritual practice? And it, like you've both pointed out, it, it's, not, it's not about following rules. It's about understanding our partner, who is God. I just make it being clear, not Lana. Well, well and, and Lana. Well, yeah. But right? you, I, my, my job is not to learn how to follow Lana. I just wanted to make the metaphor clear. That is correct. Thank you. Although, just to get complex, it is because <gasps> it's how to be in relationship with all things. Yeah. Mind right? blown. How, because all things are interconnected. Yeah. But don't have the same relationship that I have with Lana. Thank that's you. a, that, that's a totally that. different. Thank you for that clarity. Yeah. Because um, there is a law against that. There is. <laughs> called <laughs> adultery. Fair but enough. That's, <laughs> because there are healthy boundaries referred to in previous parts of the it's conversation. It's not all about laws, but the laws do matter. Yeah. <laughs> Because, well, and actually that's exactly right because what just to echo what you both have said is that the laws um, are there to give life, uh, not to restrict, but to enhance the quality of life. And when, when you were both were talking about that, I just was rem- reminded of studies that have done, been done about school children uh, that they actually do better in a playground that has a fence around it hmm. than an open field. Because children, and this is about children, right? Young children who are who are in early developmental process, um, when they know the boundary, and they'll come right up to it and they'll look out of it, but they will feel safe and they'll play more freely mm. if there's a fence around the playground than if they're in a playground and there's no fence. Um, so that's just an interesting thing, but. Uh, and, and like you said, because the children of Israel had just come, in, uh, come out of slavery, they collectively were, were children, and they needed those guidelines to know what life is. Another thing I want to point out, though, is that um, when we're reading the Psalms, the Psalms are written. We don't know exactly when the Psalms were written, but they were written at a time when to talk about the Word, to talk about Scripture, was simply meant the Torah. The first five books that we would call the books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first scroll, like what what we consider the Hebrew scripture wasn't the scripture when the Psalms were written. And they didn't even have the history books. Like they just had the Torah, which means the teachings. And so when the Psalm says, I will delight in your Torah, that's the actual word, Mm -hmm. the Torah. It's talking about most of the Torah is the story of God creating all things and liberating them, setting them free. And, and Moses saying, look, I set before you today life and death um, because they were heading into Canaan. And the Canaanites were violent, vicious people who were sacrificing their children to Molech and who were raping each other and pillaging each other. And God's like... Um, if you follow that way of life, you're not going to last long. But I have set before you a way of being human 
where, where you can actually thrive, mm. right? So uh, I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to ask you both the same question mm-hmm. because I want this to be practical about spiritual practices because we as followers of Jesus, we consider the Gospels and the Acts and the letters to be Scripture because we're disciples of Jesus. We're not followers of Moses. The Torah is important for us, but as disciples of Jesus, the Torah points us to Jesus. And so, like the Gospels are the Christian Torah, right? As we reflect on who Jesus is and how Jesus exemplifies the love of God and all of that. So, Pastor Brandon first, Mm -hmm. uh, how do you practice Scripture as part of your spiritual practice to grow in your relationship with God and others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a good clarification because when, as a pastor, when I read a passage, maybe instead to write a sermon versus my own spiritual practice, I read it very differently mm-hmm. um, and take notes very differently. Um, right now, we have a wonderful family spiritual practice uh, based around Faith Five, mm. um, where you know each night, uh, we got a king-size bed so we could fit everybody together in our room. It's getting harder as they get bigger. <laughs> I don't know what what the next step is after king size. There's a California king. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just mostly just longer, I think. Water bed. There um, you go. <laughs> but so we, you know, we get together and we have, uh, you know, we read a Bible story. And then we do, you know, there's, then the next step is to do, um, conversation about that Bible story. And if you have a spark story Bible for children, it's got a question with each story. So we can ask that question. Um, And that's the Bible portion. So actually for my own spiritual development, I read the children's story Bible uh, with my kids. That's great. (laughs) Thanks. And, and you know, this place in your life, that relationship with your wife and your children are the primary relationships that, and so that's beautiful. Thanks, Pastor Brandon. Pastor Megan, what about you? Yeah, so same as Pastor Brandon, but in a different direction. Because most of the time when I encounter God's Word, I encounter it in a professional capacity. I am writing a sermon. I am Mm -hmm. writing a devotion. I am uh, using it for a more professional purpose. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just makes Mm -hmm. it harder to consider it personal faith development, right? right? Right. Um, So one of the things that I found that I need is I need to hear the Word spoken to Mm -hmm. me. And I need time to reflect on it in a purely devotional capacity, not for learning, not for writing, not for any kind of leadership, but to just reflect on what is God speaking to me now. And so I've found a lot of meaning um, in the uh, Ignatian exercises and examine, uh, particularly (laughs) there's literally an app that leads me through it because I have so much monkey brain that I cannot sit in silence and reflect on a question unless someone is making me do it. So there's an app called uh, Pray As You Go, and they have a different um, examine for each day. And as part of it, they typically read some scripture. And so to hear someone read scripture to me and Mm -hmm. invite me to consider what this means for my day, what has God been saying to me in that passage for my day, is is joyful. I mean, for me, that is where I am treasuring God's word in my heart and delighting in the way of God's decrees. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, for me, the, this might be a shocker to you, but I like to draw scripture. <gasps> I don't know this about you. 
And so for the last four years, um, I've been drawing my way through the Gospels, and that just has been such a meditative practice for me uh, to be able to like deeply um, visualize like the stories and the context and everything. That's super fun. And, and I want to leave you, dear listeners, with this one final thing. Um, we've been talking and kind of focusing in on our personal, individual practices, but Scripture is actually a community sport. It's a group sport. Um, scripture was intended to be read out loud in community and to be reflected on in community. And so this is why we read Scripture in worship and just read the Scripture and then preach on it because Scripture does its work because everyone hears it from their own space. But then the, the, the problem, not the problem, but the, one of the limitations of worship is that you don't get to respond. And so that's why in, in my final uh, being able to speak as a faith formation pastor, get in a small group, get in conversation, because spiritual practices are not a solo only. Um, there is a place for individual solitude, that's a, that's, but solitude is in itself a practice. But Scripture is a communal practice. So read Scripture with others. That's why we do the Grow Guide, so that you can actually read the text with others and discuss it and ask the question, what is God saying right now that we can take home with us and put it into practice today? So with that said, thank you all for tuning in once again um, to our podcast here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ.